Before we get into this episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to our supporters, Festival Republic. You've probably spent a weekend in a field with them at some point. They put on some of the UK's best known festivals and they're also leading when it comes to sustainability. From powering their events with cleaner energy to sending zero waste to landfill, they've already switched single-use plastic bottles to those made from recycled materials, brought in deposit return schemes for cups and trialled ideas like labelling the carbon footprint of the food on sale. They're also active in greening the music industry more broadly. They've signed up to Music Declares Emergencies pledges and they're a driving force within Vision 2025, a body bringing outdoor events and climate goals together. Sounds Like a Plan is all about ideas and solutions, so it made sense to me to team up with one of the most proactive festival organisers out there. One of their main events is the legendary Reading Festival, always the best lineup of the summer. It takes place at Richfield Avenue, Reading, from the 26th to the 28th of August 2022. Weekend tickets are already on sale, so head to readingfestival.com forward slash tickets to get yours. That's readingfestival.com forward slash tickets. So big up Festival Republic for their support and their essential work. They say their job is to preserve the live music experience for generations to come. And that is something we can all get behind. Hello and welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, a podcast all about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis. My name is Greg Cochran. I'm a podcaster and journalist. And I'm Faye Milton, a musician, producer and co-founder of Music Declares Emergency, a campaign organisation bringing music into the fight against climate change. Now you've heard about NFTs. There's been a huge amount of talk about them in the music world the past year. They might be a new opportunity, but they also have a damaging impact on the environment. But they don't have to. This time on the podcast, we're joined by Max Shant, the creator of an NFT platform that's environmentally sustainable based on an eco-friendly blockchain technology that's also fairer on fans. And before we go, Faye and I will also leave you with some recommendations. So let's get into the podcast. Faye, we've spent a fair bit of time on this podcast deconstructing music formats and practices. I'm thinking everything from vinyl through to touring, things that have been around in the music world for decades and talking about how they can and must adapt as we shift to more sustainable ways of doing things in life and in business. But by comparison, NFTs, so non-fungible tokens to give them their full title, they're kind of the new kid on the block, aren't they, in, in some respects? When did you first become aware of NFTs and what they were? Um, I can't remember. They just sort of suddenly boomed, didn't they? And everyone was talking about mm. them. And then everyone was talking about Bitcoin, etc. And then it seems to have calmed down a little bit now. Um, I, I think it's amazing that something with such an awkward name that no one understands has become such a huge phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> if I was launching something, I'd never call it a non-fungible token. But... You know, no, I'm, no. I'm not a branding person. <laughs> <laughs> like you say, Faye, NFTs kind of burst onto the scene in the last year and appeared a little bit like a sort of silver bullet almost. Like obviously lots of you know revenues got kind of shut down during the pandemic. There was no live music and, and you know, artists were looking at different alternatives and NFTs seemed to sort of pop up right at that sort of time. Um, this new digital format and a new potential new revenue stream. And since they've arrived, we've seen everyone from Grimes to Gorillas and Snoop Dogg to Kings of Leon have all given them a go. But I know that still a lot of people are quite
quite confused about NFTs and particularly about how they can sort of be anything. Um, that's why we wanted to dedicate an episode to them to talk about what they are, their environmental impact and see if we can create a sustainable pathway through that. And also ask if NFTs are just another format that puts profit before planet, just a bit of a fad or if they're going to be around for years to come. Faye, we've mentioned NFTs previously on Sounds Like a Plan. You had a very respectable stab at explaining exactly what these digital collectibles are and why they're so bad for the environment. Thankfully, our guest this time on the podcast is well versed in this area. Max Shand is an Australian entrepreneur, the creator of the NFT platform Serenade, which recognises the damaging environmental impact of traditional NFTs and comes at things from a different angle with a different type of technology. This is obviously still a very new area, lots of debate in this space. So we'd love to know what you make of this. Um, we are Sounds Like a Plan podcast on Instagram and also Sounds Like a Plan podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email to share your thoughts and finally just before we get into this don't worry if you're thinking i still really don't know what nfts are and what this is all about hopefully this conversation is going to help you out so this is max shand on sounds like a plan max welcome to sounds like a plan this is the first opportunity we've had on the podcast to talk about nfts in detail um before we get into talking about serenade a few days ago i was trying to explain to my mum what an NFT is. Um, and I'm sure that you have lost count of the amount of times you've explained what they are to people in what you do. What's your go-to explanation for making it simple? You know, I, I have a story of educating my 93-year-old great-auntie uh, recently. Um, and what we describe it as is simply merchandise in which the artist always gets a royalty. I mean, that's that's straightforward, isn't it? In terms of like keeping it super simple. <laughs> if you were going to dig into it a tiny bit further. Yeah, I, w- I, wanted, to, I wanted to give you the one liner. Simply an NFT is uh, a digital asset where you can prove ownership in spite of it being um, out there in the digital world. And because you can prove that ownership, um, you can transfer it. You can treat it as an asset that accrues value. Um, and it can really be... Um, anything as it's not the product itself it's the it's the format it's the kind of cd and the music sits on top of it it's the vinyl the music sits on top of it um only it's not just for audio it can be visual it can be experiential uh it's a way of 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 proving that you own something in this crazy digital world can you give us some examples of actual nfts that some artists that you've worked with have produced so that like if somebody listening can be like okay so tell me an artist and tell me what they've come up with 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 regards to making an nft uh, a wonderful example is is uh, the electronic duo jungle uh who produced unique artwork associated with each of the 14 tracks of their new album uh that was each one of those tracks was uh auctioned off um to the highest bidder uh, but then they also had um, beautifully rendered cover art, which was at an affordable price point for a large uh, collection of their audience, so that people who love that album um, or think that that album is going to have continued relevance can buy something that proves that they're one of a hundred people who own it. Um, and then at the top end of town, you can get really creative and have some fun. And they offered experiential uh, NFTs where uh, you had the opportunity to. Uh, bid and be able to redeem that NFT to do a live production session with 
one of the artists. Uh, there was another one where you could actually redeem it and play golf with the artist. Oh, my God. Um, and that's where your, your personality can really shine through. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's a, a very holistic offering. Uh, but then a band like the Super Furry Animals um, did um, a, a series of artworks associated with a wonderful album that they produced 20 years ago called Rings Around the World. Um, and that album was very um, innovative in, in how it was produced 20 years ago, and they thought it was only appropriate to adopt today's innovative format. Uh, and that was just really simple artwork, which um, they sold in different color palettes um, up from like 25 pounds to a thousand pounds. Wow, that's great. And uh, I'm pretty sure Azealia Banks did a sex tape NFT. Is that correct? Have you heard of that? Did she? Well, you know what? That doesn't surprise yeah. me. It's um, it's really, it, it's funny because the line that I use to say like what should be an NFT is it's really anything that authentically tells your story to a fan. And so, <laughs> and so, and so this is not me having a dig at Azealia Banks because truthfully, I don't know enough about her catalogue, but, um, but maybe that is perfect authenticity right there. Yeah, I think it, it did, it did sort of tie into a release that she did. It was audio only, so it's it kind of yeah I'm pretty sure that that happens I didn't just imagine seeing that you can get really creative with it so an artist that uh launched with us yesterday they're producing an album called Divine Intervention uh and obviously tones of spirituality and uh and whatnot and so they thought it'd be really fun to sell their soul as NFTs uh <laughs> through, through Serenade um and I see you nodding your head there, Greg. Um, it's um, it's um, they're like they're creative uh, people who like to to shock their fans and and have some fun. And so they haven't actually sold a hundred percent of their soul because that would be ludicrous. They've sold eighty five percent of their soul because they they want to they want to hedge their bets on 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 entering the afterlife. Uh, and uh, and alongside artwork that uh, gives you 05 percent of their soul per piece. There's um, an auction item that gives you 10% of their soul. And also, if you, if you win that, you have the opportunity to go out for cocktails and a ride in a limousine with, with the artist. Uh, and, and so really, like what, I'm, like what I'm trying to communicate here is you can use NFTs to achieve marketing goals, to achieve uh, chart accreditation goals. Um, you can do it to simply engage fans. You can do it to make some money. Um, or you can do it to just liberate yourself creatively because there's no format that offers this much autonomy um, and of creative license to to an artist. It's amazing because it's it's also like we live in a, a world where we we know so much about our artists now and so much about their personalities and what they get up to behind the scenes. Everything's sort of behind the scenes, really, isn't it? Um, so mm. this format kind of really feeds into that the sort of character behind the artist as well, not just the music. C completely. It's also that um, I'm a child here. Like I've grown up in a world of streaming um, where everything was free to access uh, and ownership wasn't on anyone's radar. Uh, and I think there's a real trend towards people wanting to stake their claim to their passions, mm. to people they want to associate with. Um, I think the huge growth in online retail over the COVID period is is huge testament to that. Uh, and I always talk about when, when I speak to artists and they say, oh, like, do people really want to buy this? Um, I talk about how my friends who collect vinyl have a $50 record player that sounds awful. Um, and they spend <laughs> hundreds of dollars on records. And the reason they do it is because they want a souvenir that ties them to an artist and says, you know, mm. um, 
I love that Arctic Monkeys record or like mm. Bowie's my boy. Uh, mm. And um, and even if those fans aren't playing it, it gives them so much satisfaction to say that they, they, they're a collector of these people. That's their taste. Um, and the wonderful thing about NFTs is it's not constrained to your bedroom where you have to get your mates drunk and lure them in just to show off who you are. Um, <laughs> now, now there's an opportunity to hold your goods in a place where everyone is, which is in the digital world. Um, and, and because it, they're provably rare, um, you have an opportunity to actually sell them in the future um, mm. and, and profit from them and know that unlike when I buy my 10th Depeche Mode t-shirt on eBay, um, 15% of the revenue from the sale of those goods actually goes back to the original artist, which is just very cool. Just to kind of wind back to the, the sort of beginnings of this a little bit more, Max, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and then just just kind of explain to uh, yeah, explain to us what Serenade is and what what the platform does. So I I come at this world from the position of a of a fan. I wasn't ever within the music industry. I was just some kid that paid too much on merch and, and tickets. Uh, I my, my my background is within fintech venture capital. Um, management consultancy up to six months of uh, helping banks and mining companies improve their bottom line I wanted to get um, involved with things that I was a bit more passionate about I joined the board of a radio station in Sydney I started doing a bit of music journalism to um, give myself an excuse to meet artists that I loved um, and um, it was a piece that I was writing for the Sydney Morning Herald on how different musicians had been affected by the early stages of COVID um, that um, gave me the idea for Serenade. So I had, I had, I was interviewing these really wonderful artists who meant a great deal to me and lots of other Australian fans, uh, and they told me that if they didn't play live for a month, they wouldn't be able to make rent. Uh, and I was just shocked by like the huge disparity between how I felt about those artists as a fan and what their financial reality was. Uh, and so I thought, oh wow, like there's a huge problem here where artists don't get fairly compensated for their work. Um, simply, these are big brands that need better monetization. Um, and I thought, okay, this is a great thing for me to spend my time on. Um, and so um, I did that really intelligent thing of quitting my job a week before lockdown in Sydney. Uh, oh, and, um, and, and everyone said I was a fool. Um, but I thought I was very fortunate to be able to have made a decision and look out at the world with open eyes and, and do something I was passionate about. And, um, and then I kind of, my, my, my superpower I would say is, is the cold email. Um, <laughs> and so I think it, it, it must be just a comment on a kind of white male privilege, but I, I feel like everyone is just on, on the other end of an email. And I spent my days hassling people over emails to, to share half an hour of their time to just for me to ask them questions about the state of the music industry and, and people who might not have given me a coffee did give me that 30 minutes of a Zoom and I developed a, a deep appreciation for the dynamics of the music industry, launched my first product in the space, um, which was um, a platform around personalised musical performances, uh, learnt uh, quite quickly despite working with a wonderful array of 200 different Australian artists that um, artists want to produce one thing that can be sold to many. Mm -hmm. um, they would love a recurring revenue item uh, component attached. Uh, they would love um, to have their creativity liberated by being able to do a range of things and certainly not be 
constrained to their bedroom. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and obviously they only want to do things that uh, have a positive environmental impact. Uh, and when I came across the NFT concept beyond not sleeping for two weeks, um, I, um, I, I saw a deep application within the music industry, um, not so much to bring artists into this crazy weird world of crypto, um, but to use this technology to engage real fans and to give them something that they don't have already, something that's exciting and interesting and tells a new story, but an authentic story about an artist such as a sex tape from Azealia Banks um, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and that's what got me hooked into this space and, it, and it's been wonderful ever since. NFTs have obviously sparked a lot of debate, Max, not least because just how destructive traditional NFTs are for the environment. Can you explain to us why a traditional NFT is, is environmentally unfriendly and also what does Serenade offer to do to address that problem? So a traditional NFT is produced on the Ethereum blockchain uh, and the way that you produce a NFT on the Ethereum blockchain is um, you have to go via what's called a proof of work consensus method where um, that product that you authenticate on the Ethereum blockchain has to be authenticated by a, kind of millions of nodes on this blockchain which all have to compete for the same outcome mm -hmm. but like the sum total of all that computational effort is hugely intensive and is what has legitimately, deservedly earned the headlines you see around awful environmental impact. Max, um, can I just see if my translation of that works? Because earlier on another podcast episode, I tried to give a sort of off the top of my head explanation for what I understood was the problem with NFTs. And let's see if, if I'm sort of in the ballpark. So it's each... Each like cryptocurrency and NFT is a form of cryptocurrency. It's they take tons of different people's computers. They use like a network of normal people's computers at home to keep the currencies running so that it decentralizes it. And it's all that computational power it uses tons and tons of energy. And the more blockchains there are, the more currency there is and the more NFTs there are, the more computers are going to be needed for this thing. So it's kind of an exponential, never stops needing more energy system. Is that roughly correct? Um, I think um, you you lured me in initially and then chucked me out at the end. So I think, <laughs> I think, um, I, I think you're, you're right in saying that um, the decentralized nature of these networks um, means that they do leverage broad uh, energy farms around the world and also leverage personal computing efforts um, but but it doesn't mean that as this space evolves that it will just inevitably lead to um, more negative practice right there is a very simple solution out there uh, which is what we do which is proof of stake which is an alternate way to authenticate nfts on the blockchain um, where instead of um, you competing um, for every single kind of computer on, on the blockchain to say that this is real, one trusted set of computers, uh, one trusted kind of network says that mm. we believe that this is real, we're going to prove it, um, we're putting up our own cryptocurrency as collateral to state our belief in this. And so everyone else out there, you can chill out and do other things because we're on this. Um, and so that means that we produce NFTs 44,000 times 
and more efficiently from a, a carbon emissions perspective. And the emissions of a single Serenade NFT are equivalent to one tenth of the energy you use in posting a tweet. So it is wow. um, of a of a magnitude far far less than anything else you do technically with regards to its impact on the environment. I think that's really important. Can you just say that bit again about the the energy needed to make a tweet and and how that compares with the NFTs you're doing? So you can actually determine the the carbon emissions associated with with any activity out there, um, and. Producing one NFT on Serenade is equivalent to the carbon emitted from one tenth of you sitting there in your lounge chair posting a tweet. Wow, that's amazing. And so the consensus method that we use, I said for proof of stake, um, it's what um, other blockchains are wanting to move towards. We we mm. sit on a Ethereum compatible blockchain called Polygon. The platform itself, Serenade, has been built to be blockchain agnostic, so it can shift and move and plug into different things. But right now, Polygon is both really wonderful from an environmental perspective, but it's also really cost effective for artists um, because one of the big prohibitors for um, artists selling NFTs to their real fans is that generally there's something called a gas fee that you have to pay as, a, as an artist up front, which is 20 to 50 US dollars per unit, uh, mm. which means that if you want to sell a good to a fan at a price they can afford, 20 to $50 as a fixed cost already means that you're done for. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so um, by producing NFTs on Serenade, um, our relationship with Polygon means that we pay virtually no gas fees and whatever mm. residual fee there is, we bear the cost of. So artists are essentially producing these things for free, which means that they can choose to have an addition size of 50 or 100, which means that they can work towards the same top line revenue goal, but have it shared and borne by more people so that you can be comfortable as an artist that you're serving your real audience. Um, mm. and, you're, and, and we as Serenade can be comfortable that we're also educating and bringing in a larger group of people to this new emergent space. If I wanted to buy an NFT, how would I do it? Like, where would I find it and how would I buy it and where would I keep it? Oh, well, this leads me to some of my best stories. So thank you very much. <laughs> okay. um, so so generally, generally, um, it's very difficult to, um, to purchase an NFT. You have to have a digital wallet. You have to convert funds into Ethereum. You have to then connect that digital wallet to MetaMask, which is on your browser, and then make a purchase. And like I come from a background where we created a hugely profitable business um, from simply reducing friction at checkout. And the mm. process I just told you was, is not simply friction, it's, 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 it's an activity. Mm. The way that we've designed Serenade has been to reduce all barriers to entry for a fan such that you don't have to have a clue about any of the technology to actually buy an NFT. Um, mm. So in the same way that you would go on to um, an e-commerce store and buy a jacket, um, you can go on to Serenade and, and you can purchase an NFT without having a digital wallet or without converting funds to cryptocurrency. You put down your credit or debit card and you're done. We do all the heavy lifting for you. And, and the fun story that I always like to bring up is the fact that a week after we launched the platform, I get a call from my 84-year-old Hungarian-speaking grandmother. Um, mm. And she's like, Max, and I won't even try and do an accent. My grandmother said, you know, Max, your cousin is coming back from London to Sydney and I want to purchase him an NFT. She only knows about NFTs because I'm, I'm her grandson. I'm not saying that my grandmother is this 
technical wizard, but she is. Um, but she's like, Max, like, can you show me how to buy an NFT? And I said, Nana, it's, it's really as simple as buying a jacket online. If you can do it without me, I'm going to be able to tell people for the rest of time and on mm. wonderful podcasts um, that, <laughs> that it's really as simple as that. Can you give it a go? And there I am looking at transactions come through <laughs> and my grandmother's name pops up and she's bought an yes. NFT. Um, and so English doesn't have to be your, your first language. You don't have to have any command over genuinely writing an email, um, but, <laughs> but you can buy an NFT on Serenade. Brilliant, brilliant. And where do you keep it? Where does it live? So every Serenade user gets given a gallery and that stores mm. all of their um, NFTs and over time, will kind of improve the breadth of things that you can do with that NFT. Um, mm. Already you can share a link to your gallery and say like, look at what I own. Like I am a bit of an odd guy. I like hair metal, but then I also like synth pop. And then I'm mm. in the UK now, so I'm getting a bit into drill. Um, yeah. and, and so you can really show off personality just by sharing your gallery. Yeah, amazing. I can I already can picture the, the music collectors who'd be super into um, showing off their galleries. Is that what you say? I'm showing off my gallery. <laughs> is that like the lingo? Language is still growing um, in the space, but I think in, in the same way that like you have your record collection, uh, mm. you're building up uh, a, a new style of collectible um, where you just have all your, your pieces there. And the wonderful mm. thing about um, the promise of this emerging NFT space is it's not just kind of selfish platform owners like Serenade who want you to store all your stuff here with us and don't go anywhere else. It's all decentralized. Um, and so you can transfer your collectible on Serenade into your kind of another external digital wallet if that's if that's your jam. Right, yeah. um, and then you can have it there alongside other things that you own. I can imagine someone making like a frame that you could put on your wall. And, it, and they've done that, $50 on Amazon. Okay, someone's already done that. So I can't like copyright that idea. Okay. <laughs> too, too late. Sorry, Faye. No, so I think there, there, there are wonderful ways mm. for you to display and showcase your um, NFTs in the real world. So, um, yes, you can, you can buy these screens that allow you to have it on your wall. You can buy a projector um, that allows you to project stuff, whatever else. Mm. Um, but the really exciting thing here is that um, as much as we wake up in our beds and look around our bedroom in the morning, we're spending a lot of our day online mm. um and and we're forming relationships online and we're doing work online and so the nft space um as it grows will allow you to have personality have character mm. um in an online environment yeah and it's just getting going really isn't it there's so many sort of yeah possibilities. exactly understandably when when nfts arrived they they there was a lot of kind of hype and fanfare and excitement from from fans and from like the artist community and as we've already talked about understandably there was some some criticism some people saying oh here here comes another sort of, sort of format in music that sure might be profitable potentially but also maybe puts profit before planet but as we've already talked about there this like kind of serenade addresses that but in terms of those barriers of entry i think there's this there's this sense that maybe nft ownership could be a fairly kind of exclusive thing that's only an opportunity for people that have got lots of disposable income and maybe kind of is, is is a lockout situation when it comes to your average music fan who maybe doesn't have an awful lot of money to spend on supporting their artists but it's again that's something that serenade's trying to address right exactly so to my point earlier around how 
um, generally you have to pay these huge fixed costs to produce an NFT and so you end up creating less of them and therefore they're exclusively owned by collectors. We've built the platform in a way that an artist is, is free to create more NFTs um, and then sell them at a price point that still compensates them because of the sum total of all that they sell, but they can be sold individually to fans at a price that they can afford. Um, and in the same way that you kind of come out with your kind of limited edition 500 strong vinyl with kind of red, blue and multicolor, um, now there's an opportunity to um, create collections of NFTs, um, which have that same kind of lovely creative feel as when you purchase some interesting new merch item from an artist. Uh, only now it's really simple to buy. Um, it's at a price point you can afford um, and it is kind of built with environmental consideration at its heart. And we have lots of people who make music themselves listening to Sounds Like a Plan. So if they're an artist and they, they have, uh, maybe they have a, a community of supporters, big or small, how does an artist go about creating an NFT? I mean, how, how do they, they might have an idea for something, but don't necessarily know where to go just yet. So what, how, how does the that side of things work? Well, Serenade is an end-to-end -end solution for creating an NFT, for selling an NFT, and then for fans to experience and showcase that NFT. And then ultimately, if they want to sell it, we have an inbuilt secondary market, so they can sell it and then the artist continues to get paid in perpetuity. Um, so mm. I would obviously plug myself here and say, just register to be an artist on Serenade and that's really all it is. In terms of what you, you mentioned uh, first, Greg, around the actual creative around what is an NFT and how do I go about making it. Um, if you're a visual artist, then get creative with those skills. If you are producing lots of audio, um, then think of a, a new way to um, put out that audio, cuts of audio, um, have a visual component if you want, don't if you don't want. Um, you can really think um, of any number of things that if there's a if your fans are going to receive it well, if it makes sense within the scheme of who you are as an artist, uh, then it's simply a wonderful new merchandise line that you can offer and that as you continue to do your job as being a wonderful creator, um, those goods will appreciate and you will get compensated in perpetuity. And I'm going to ask you to just um, reach behind you and get your crystal ball for a moment. The... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the moment when we talk about kind of artist revenues, you know, we're talking about um, money coming in from live performance, then your sort of like traditional formats, people think of vinyl and, and streaming and CDs. Um, a lot of the kind of digital revenue models are still, from an artist perspective, not remunerating them in, in, in the ways that they should. Um, and it's kind of still basically feels like a period of transition where all of that's not necessarily been completely worked out. So if you're going to imagine how that artist kind of ecosystem looks in five years time what is the opportunity with nfts broadly and where do you see them sitting within that mix i see holistically the the future being a combination of streamed audio and direct to consumer sales of products um and i think serenade is participating in the um the direct to consumer component of that future where um artists have wonderful brand names, have the willingness to deliver goods direct um, to the people who matter. Uh, and so I think a big part of what excites me about NFTs is um, they're the modern solution to a fan club. Mm, uh, because I love that. Um, as, as, as much as I think Patreon is an incredible platform, uh, when masses of artists didn't gravitate towards it last year when there was real need, 
Um, I learned that it was because artists loathe the idea of delivering content on a monthly basis, um, and the thought mm. of the thought of uh, not delivering to your fans one month um, renders the entire exercise wor- worthless. Um, but what artists like is the opportunity to know their fans, to sell to their fans, and to derive a, a sustainable revenue stream. Um, and and NFTs allow you as an artist to give your fans a good um, and then by fact of those fans owning it you can see that relationship you know who's bought your things it's all there on the blockchain mm-hmm. and visualized on serenade uh, and so over time uh, serenade would like um, to help foster more of those relationships to make them um, more wonderful and to reward fans for that love we talk a lot about um, the concept of investment intimacy um, of the fact that by buying an nft as a fan Um, you're actually engaging in in a two-way conversation with an artist where you're advocating on their behalf, you're wanting them to succeed because you'll profit alongside. Uh, And in as much as as, um, an artist, you can ask your fans to do many things, you can ask them to like this, follow this. After a while, um, you need need to to give back. Um, And NFTs are an automated way of giving back because as you perform well, because that artist has liked you, followed you, listened to you, then your good that you own appreciates alongside. What would you say to someone who's like maybe a vinyl purist or just sees the idea of being a musician, being a brand? It's like they don't buy, they don't feel connected with the idea of being a brand. Maybe they're not on social media. Um, they're not, you know, not big Instagrammers, it's, but they're incredible musicians or, or just, you know, just want to create music for the sake of it. How do you, how would you sell the idea to, those artists without using the words brand or blockchain or those kind of things we we do the the very easy sell um for nfts is, is talking to the fact that um there's the behavior of wanting to go into a record store and buy a record and walk home and read the liner notes um but that's largely kind of dwindled um over the past kind of decade two decades uh and what an nft offers is to both a, a new audience who have never participated in that um, and to an old audience who have done that for a very long time, um, a new way to to get a good which tells something unique about that artist um, which offers them the opportunity to do more than just produce kind of that same vinyl that you've received a few times already. Um, and and, and it's, it's simply that. It's a new creative um, good that you can walk away with. It's a souvenir. It's merchandise. Um, and, and then that story that I, I mentioned earlier around how um, people today are not always deeply engaging with the musical format that they purchase. They're doing it like a vinyl. They're doing it because they they love um, the thought of owning something from an artist. Mm. That's the behaviour that we're capturing. Um, it's it's funny to see how many um, how many artists today are putting out cassettes mm. now. Even worse worse than vinyl. Like I. I I believe that as an artist, you can get away with selling selling blank cassettes, because I think no one has a cassette player. Um, all the and all the cassette players out there are awful. I bought a car just so that it would have a cassette player because I wanted to actually listen to my cassettes. <laughs> and my cassette player, my car doesn't even work. Mm. Like it's um, it's it's a bad format. It's fun. It's it's a collector's souvenir. But what is what an NFT does is it's an elevated format in that. You can have the audio there. You can have an interesting visual there, but there are no creative limitations. 
and it accrues value because it's provably rare. Great to hear from Max Sham there from the NFT platform Serenade. Faye, how much clearer did the conversation with Max make your views on exactly what an NFT is and also what you think of them, whether you're in favour, whether you think there's still some uh, some issues to address with them? Honestly, I'm, I, I left that conversation being an absolute convert to NFTs and, and certainly it's taken that sort of shady side of them away. If you can make them, I think he said takes one tenth of the energy of a tweet mm. to use one of their NFTs. So it's, yeah, I'm quite excited about it as a, a concept. I still don't completely understand it, if I'm going to be honest, but I think that's just because I've never used it. And, you know, if you're trying to explain an MP3 to someone who'd never used an MP3, then you, you, until you actually get involved and use it, then then it solidifies what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm a lot closer to to understanding it and understanding how it can be actually really fun and creative resource for for artists of all types does it appeal to you as an artist do you think you would you'd want to like experiment with the, with the format like uh, in future when you come to to release some some work yeah definitely and i've also been thinking of um some kind of eco nft stuff we can do with music declares emergency i mean certainly we've got mm-hmm. some amazing artwork that could be worked into nft format so definitely ideas we'll be thinking about and for myself and for music declares emergency as well a bit of a sticking point for me sort of which sort of remains even despite the fact like i'm, I'm like you I, I felt quite convinced by hearing um, max talk about serenade and their, their kind of like their their approach to nfts but the idea that nfts have popped up and that they're they are um they're exclusive like quite often with a traditional nft there's one version of the thing and therefore it goes to the highest bidder and therefore it's basically a format for people with tons of money and doesn't really feel like something for the music fans so max kind of does address that in the conversation by saying that you know there's sort of different tiers different levels they offer different types of nfts where they where they produce more versions of a certain nft to make them more accessible more affordable to 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 music fans yeah what, what, what do you make of that part of it well, it's, I think there's a really interesting debate around what what does ownership mean and what does ownership mean to people. I mean, if you mm. if you own a digital item, it can be reproduced anyway. You don't have the only copy of it. It can be reproduced, but you technically own it. And there's all sorts of human emotion involved in that, isn't there? The pride, the kind of mm. um, sense of connection with the artist and sense of control over an asset or... I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, I'm not someone who likes to pick up objects and things. I've, I've always been more of a radio listener than a, a music collector. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big, big on sort of owning things that much. But like, it's really interesting conversation around, and I think that can open up more conversations beyond NFTs. What if someone mm. wants to own something that brings them closer to their artist? It could be an mm. NFT, but it could also be a book or it could be, I don't know, there's so many different um, ways that people can connect with fans and NFTs is one of them. And I think by thinking laterally like that, it's going to really help sort of spawn other ideas as well, especially in an age where we, we stream music. So you're less likely to have something that, that you feel like you can own because you, you know, obviously can't own a, a stream on Spotify or something like that. So um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm interested to see where it goes. I still haven't got my head around the idea that an NFT can be anything, including a sort of real world experience. Like Max was talking mm. about that example of a band like selling part of their soul, but then doing something like experiential, like going for a 
drink with the fans in the bar or going bowling or something I, I, I don't quite get that bit that just feels like aren't you just putting an experience on ebay but the point is nfts are still being experimented with aren't they i guess so and maybe that's what it means by the t and nft is a token that's token i mm. literally don't know but yeah it's confusing and it's baffling but it's kind of cool and exciting and fun and i think one of the the really important things as well that it's addressing is that um like you have to clear up after yourself online basically i think it's it's similar to the time when people must have invented plastic and they said, wow, look, we've got plastic. We can make everything out of it. And then no one really thought about clearing up after themselves for a good number of years. And so now we're in this like mm. plastic hellhole that we're stuck in. And it's a bit like that. I see that a bit mirrored in the digital world. You know, we've all got our cloud storage and our endless. Every time I like screenshot or take a photo or do anything on my phone, I'm just like, oh, I'm just creating more digital wastage. And all of that gets stored on mm. servers like forever unless <laughs> you delete it Faye should we get some uh, some recommendations for this week's episode what, what have you got well actually I've got two recommendations mm -hmm. um, this time and one of them is a bit abstract but I'm going to go for it anyway I've just started practicing yin yoga and I've had like this incredibly like such a hard work time recently I've been working all hours and it's like this yoga where you do it really slowly and it's like super challenging because you have to stay in these positions for ages but they're kind of relaxing but you're also like your brain's going mad because you want to move and you can't move and you just have to really slow down and I think it's just like if you're working really hard maybe you're working in climate we're around COP26 it's like this is a really hectic time it's always a hard time to be an activist or a musician it's like constantly working or or anyone really um do some yin yoga and, and chill out. I think it's a really good way to like slow down and ultimately slowing down and slowing everything right down is a really good way to be more sustainable as well. And my other recommendations, an app called Vestiaire, and it's like basically all of these amazing clothes that are used and you can buy them. It's basically like an eBay kind of app for clothes. It's like you don't bid on things. You can just ask someone to sell it to you for less or whatever and that you can negotiate. But um, there's loads of like incredible designer stuff on there. Really, really reasonable prices, obviously, because it's secondhand. Um, it's just a great way to like upgrade your wardrobe without using new clothes, without producing new stuff. And you can get like such amazing stuff on there. So for the price of a new... Um, a new jacket in like, I don't know, a high street shop, you could get a, a designer jacket from some really cool person in Paris who'll send it to you. Um, and they've got loads of options on there um, to, to be as carbon neutral as possible as well. So it recommends what the best path for buying it is. With climate in mind, it's got a little green sustainability leaf next to um, your greenest options for shipping and stuff like that. So it's really good for people who are trying to address the fast fashion issue and there's some really cool stuff on there. Excellent. Cool. I'm going to check it out. My recommendation this week, um, Faye, do you know the filmmaker Jack Harris? Are you aware of his work? 
Yeah, I know Jack Harris. Oh, do you? Excellent. Um, well, I hope you like him because I'm just about to recommend his new film. Um, <laughs> he's made a new documentary, which is uh, which was released last week. It's called Seat at the Table. And it's for um, it's for YouTube for the YouTube original series. And sometimes, obviously, the most drastic effects of climate change can seem quite far away. Obviously, for UK listeners, I guess there's a lot of truth in that. And it can feel like for us that climate change is often taking place uh, most severely in other places. And that is absolutely true. Um, although we do have it here the film focuses partly on the isles of Scilly which are just a few years away from being submerged by water but um obviously the 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 crux of the climate issue is that is this just this huge injustice this gross injustice that climate change is disproportionately affecting the poorest parts of the world um, who contributed the least to um, the current predicament that we're in and this film is all about that and and giving um, an equal platform to those voices and I thoroughly recommend it I mean it does also feature a couple of names people that will know obviously Jack's well known for his filmmaking in this space but also it does feature the one and only David Attenborough of course uh, who opens it up and, and kind of sets the scene for what's about to happen in Glasgow with 26 he does um, say that he thinks this is very much uh, our last chance to, to to make a plan to get out of this situation and I just thoroughly recommend the film it only it, it's, it's I think it's part of a mini series the first episode is about 20 minutes long so it's really 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 easy and quick to watch um, great filmmaking and also just sp- speaks to some like fascinating people and a lot of people apart from David Attenborough that you won't know but equally are as important to this conversation so do go and check it out I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes as we always do for our recommendations but it is also on YouTube and it's being presented at cop 26 in glasgow so next time we speak Faye, you and i will be in the thick of things up in glasgow for the un's climate summit cop 26 i'm going to be posting lots of stuff about that on the sounds like a plan podcast on instagram so um, if you don't follow us there go and check it out it sounds like a plan podcast um Faye, good luck i'll see you up there are you are you okay you're looking mm. forward to it yeah i'm really looking forward to it it feels like it's going to be some kind of climate carnival really like serious but really like so many people putting so much effort into creating things and putting events on and talks and meals and dinners and panels and yeah there's there's going to be all sorts of things I'm gonna um I'm on a panel with Aurora the musician which I'm quite Mm -hmm. excited about she's super cool and um and Shikari as well uh, playing a gig with no music on a dead planet emblazoned all over it and talking to their fans about climate issues up in Glasgow itself so there's a few musical things going on that I'm really looking forward to as well brilliant well stick with us over the next few weeks on sounds like a plan you'll be hearing about all of the music activity that's taking place in glasgow and like i say we will be there bringing you some news and interviews from there so um thank you again to max shan from serenade our guest this time on the podcast great to hear more about the world of nfts and thank you for listening look forward to joining you next time on the podcast Thank you for streaming this episode of Sounds Like a Plan. Faye Milton was your host along with me, Greg Cochran. The podcast is made by New Allotment. You can find more about them at newallotment.com. Parts of this episode were also recorded at Pirate Studios, Tottenham, London. Pirate offer a range of affordable and modern recording and rehearsal spaces at more than 25 locations across the UK. They're also open 24-7. So for more info or to book a studio, hit the link in our show notes. This episode has been edited by Mighty Moon Media and the artwork is by Stuart Stubbs. Our theme music was created by lightandthunder.com. Until next time we're together, thanks for listening.